हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज ओमवेश उपाध्याय एंड यू आर लिसनिंग द ओमवेश शो टुडे आई हैव समवन रियली वेरी स्पेशल ऑन द शो ही वाज बोर्न इन अ हाईली एजुकेटेड एंड रिस्पेक्टेड फैमिली जस्ट आफ्टर ग्रेजुएटिंग ही वेंट टू सम विलेज टू टीच चिल्ड्रंस यू नो व्हाई बिकॉज़ ही वांटेड टू एक्सपीरियंस द रियल इंडिया ही हैड अ 40 ईयर लॉन्ग करियर इन लॉ एंड जुरिडिक्शन फील्ड ही वाज अ फॉर्मर जज in Allahabad and Madras High Court later on went to become a permanent judge in Supreme Court in 2014 he retired as a chairperson of press council of india quite often in news for his controversial statements or we can say i state forward attitude yes you guessed it right he is justice markande kadju we talked to him about his life philosophies inspirations growing up years what inspired him to be what he is today what does he think about the indian youth should indian constitution be redesigned how do he define love quite interesting na yeah it's quite different from the fact how you saw mr kadju in the mainstream media and after listening this you will believe my fact that this is mr markandi kadju redefined so on the omway show this is mr markandi kadju 2.0 here's the conversation so sir my first question uh, will be you are from a very reputed family your grandfather was a leader while indian movement your grandfather was also the chief minister of madhya pradesh your father was a cgi in allahabad court how growing up in such reputed family was tell us about something your childhood and growing up years well i was in a lawyer's family so naturally that inspired me to become a lawyer yeah my grandfather was a top lawyer in allahabad high court but he was also in the congress uh, under with gandhi ji so we participated in the independence struggle then he later became governor of odisha and west bengal then union home and law minister in pandit nehru's cabinet later chief minister of madhya pradesh so he held many posts my father was not a chief justice he was a judge of allahabad high court and oh, okay. i was also not a chief justice of india i was judge of supreme court okay sir so you started from doing teaching i while i was researching about you i got to know that while you graduated after you graduated you went to some village and you started teaching there you started social service there later on you aspired to become a lawyer and then pci head so what being in these different responsibilities were like and what learning the biggest learning that you learned in these days well um, i was a teacher only for about one and a half years then i started law practice i was a lawyer for 20 years <clears throat> and a lawyer is in direct touch with the public because lawyers uh, um, they have as their clients criminals and businessmen students workers all kinds of people so uh, lawyers have a strong connection with practical life they, they have the pulse of society so we know what is going on in in the country okay sir 
So, sir, uh, you uh, while I was doing the research, I got to know that you are very vocal about your opinions. Sometimes the mainstream media don't take it sportingly, and they accuse you of the fact that this is the not the right way to talk and not up to your reputation that you were the leader and chief of very prominent institutes of India. So, how what do you want to take? Listen, first of all, I am not a popularity seeker. I don't care what the mainstream media or anybody says about me. I say what I believe to be true and in my country's interest. So that often makes me very unpopular. Many of my views are different from the views which are commonly held. So, But that doesn't bother me because I say what I believe in. So it doesn't matter to me what main media says or what anybody else says. So you are constantly talking about that India is in a transitional phase where we are uh, transforming from the feudal society to the modern society. And in 2011, you said that it will take 15 to 20 years for India to transform completely about it. You said it in 2011, it's 2020 now. What's your view on it now? Listen, that 15-20 years is not a mathematical figure. It just it means it is going to take time. It won't happen in one or two years, because great historical transformations take time. So it is going to time, but we are heading for some kind of a revolution, because this parliamentary system of democracy which we have adopted in our constitution, this really amounts to caste and communal vote bank politics. Now, casteism and communalism are feudal forces which have to be destroyed if India is to progress. But parliamentary democracy further entrenches them. So how can the country progress with parliamentary democracy? For example, the issues like building Ram Temple or cow protection. Now, what has that to do with the poverty and unemployment and health care and malnourishment. But those are the issues on which elections are fought. So how can the country progress with parliamentary democracy? Yes, right. Sir. So do you think that we are heading in the right direction then? No, no. A country is in a, uh, it's in a chaotic condition. Uh, and this chaotic condition will continue for another 10, 15, 20 years. Then some alternative will emerge. Presently, we are going through a very bad patch and things are going to get even worse. For example, see, the most important thing is the health of the economy. Now, as everybody knows, in recent times, the economy has tanked. The manufacturing sector has gone down and IT, real estate, everything has gone down. Even before this uh, lockdown, this lockdown has further pushed it downwards. So the economy is in a very bad shape. There's massive unemployment. 12 million youth are entering into the job market every year. But the jobs are becoming less. And recently in this um, lockdown, you have seen lakhs of uh, migrant workers and daily wages. They are on the verge of starvation. So things are very bad and things are going to get worse. Yeah. So the next question is, sir, when you were in the Supreme Court, the government was off UPA and you always said that while I was in the court, I can't say anything against the government. 
either then it will condemn the court so when you became free of those responsibilities you started saying about your opinions what you think about where the country is heading so when people label you as congressman what's your take on this no no i am neither a congressman nor bjp man i am not in politics at all in fact i have been cr- critical of all political parties bjp congress all parties because i believe none of them have really the country's interest at heart they have, they have no genuine love for the people they only want power and pelf so as long as i was a serving judge there are certain restrictions on sitting judges they are not expected to go in the public domain whatever they say should be said through one's judgments so i had to observe a certain discipline as long as i was a sitting judge yes after retirement then i am a free man then those restrictions are not there sir so every time a new judge is chosen and come in power colloquium system of indian judiciary is questions judges appointing judges what's your take on this listen i don't think this is very relevant whether judges appoint judges or politicians appoint judges or a combination of people appoint judges the relevant thing is what what kind of people are being appointed you see every institution is really the human personnel who are manning that institution they should be first class people so if you have judges you know supposing you have a court building which is a beautiful court building with beautiful lawns and curtains and so on but the judges inside there are taking bribes then that is no court so what i mean to say is that i am not so much concerned about whether judges appoint judges or politicians appoint judges or who appoint judges the point is the person appointed should be first class people then only it is a real good institution so recent performance of supreme court has been very poor i have written an article in the wire.in uh, i think the title is uh, all the time the supreme court turned nelson's eye to injustice so recent performance has been very bad and that has shaken the confidence of the people sir you recently stirred controversy when you opinionated about ranjan gogoi joining rajya sabha ranjan gogoi was a disgrace to the indian judiciary he, you know all that he did about that uh, lady clerk how he victimized her just because uh, he, he she had rebuffed his uh, sexual advances then he was a uh, um, very large number of charges against him and he has almost sold himself out to the government sir i am quoting a survey of economic times 2018 that there are just 19 judges per 10 lakh people how do you take this what infrastructure changes do you listen in my opinion the judiciary is beyond redemption the it, what kind of judiciary is it which takes 20 years or 30 years to decide a case finally in appeal and revision and so on and a large section of which has become corrupt there's no doubt about it so i have i mean i believe the indian judiciary is beyond redemption i'm not saying there are no upright judges but a large number of judges are corrupt and also uh, it takes too much approx 3 crore cases pending in indian judiciary and who is more better than you to ask that when you were in charge you approx took just one week of pending cases listen i i'll give you i'll just give you an idea of, of the real situation because people say that judges are not working hard and 
they blame judges, but look at the plight of judges. When I was a judge of Allahabad High Court, at that time Allahabad High Court had made a norm that every subordinate uh, judiciary judge, subordinate judiciary means below the High Court, from Munsif up to district judge, should not have more than 300 cases pending before him at one time. So once uh, one subordinate judiciary judge of UP came to meet me in Allahabad when I was a high court judge. And I asked him, how many cases are there pending in your court alone? He was CGM Kanpur Nagar. He said, 30,000. Now just imagine, there should not be more than 300 cases. That's the maximum load a judge can carry. And here the judge who had 30,000 cases in his court alone, which means 100 times uh, the norm. Another subordinate judiciary judge came to meet me, CGM Ghaziabad. I asked him how many cases are there pending in your court alone. He said 21,000. Last year I went to Bulanchair. Uh, so the district judge and CGM came to meet me. I asked the CGM Bulanchair how many cases are there pending in your court alone. He said 25,000. Now, when the norm is... We talk about uh, reservation. There's a lot of discussion on it. Uh, we Some side, uh, riots happen even up, up regarding reservation policies and many believe that reservation should be given on the economic basis, not the caste basis. I am against all caste-based reservation, but special benefit should be given the, to poor children uh, of any caste. Uh, uh, who is just uh, who's uh, who cannot afford to say buy the textbooks because he's too poor? So uh, the government should provide him textbooks so as to give him a level playing field. But I am against all caste-based reservation. In fact, caste-based reservations have done great damage to scheduled caste and also to these OBCs. It has done harm to them rather than any good because after all. How many people can get jobs by reservations? Maximum 0.1 or 0.01 percent. Because there are very few jobs. And there are maybe 25 crores or 30 crore schedule caste. How many of them can get jobs? Hardly 0.1 or 0.01 percent of them. But the illusion created is that everybody's, all schedule caste are benefiting by reservation. Which is totally false. Only a very small uh, section. And also those are also of the creamy layer which means the the children of... Okay, so you, that means that you stand with the fact that a reservation should be based on economic... But those who are poor, for example, a child is... Uh, his parents are poor, so he's not able to buy the textbooks. So the government should provide him free textbooks because he should be given a level playing field with uh, children of rich parents. So... Uh, um, there should be no reservation, but special. So when you see the current Indian society, do you think that we will be... Our no, it, it see, because the whole politics in India, the, uh, this reservation actually is just uh, uh, for getting votes of, of the certain Kashyarukas and OBCs. It is just a vote bank uh, stunt. It is not benefiting the Kashyarukas or OBCs, but it is to ensure getting their votes. So as long as this parliamentary politics continues, um, this reservation will continue because the politicians, uh, their politics runs on this, on caste uh, reservations.
So what does a way an intellect like you suggest the country to do? I told you, see, there has to be a revolution in this country. But uh, revolution and the revolution has to be led by modern-minded people, uh, scientific-minded people, patriotic people who are genuinely uh, who love the country. And before an actual revolution, there has to be a cultural revolution, intellectual revolution. For example, before the French Revolution of 1789, there were several decades of intellectual struggle by great writers like Voltaire and Rousseau and the French encyclopedists who attacked the feudal system, who attacked um, religious bigotry. So uh, before an actual, the actual revolution of 1789, for 20, 30 years, there was an intellectual revolution, struggle by the think great thinkers, the enlightened thinkers like Voltaire and Rousseau, who attacked the feudal system and religious bigotry and so on. So similarly, in India, although revolution will come after another 10, 15, 20 years, not immediately, but intellectual revolution must start which means the genuinely patriotic intellectuals should uh, propagate modern ideas. They should attack casteism and communalism uh, spread and spread scientific thinking. This uh, cultural revolution uh, period has started. So all of us must contribute, all patriotic intellectuals must contribute in this. And uh, that will pave the way for a real revolution which will come after 10-15 years. Yes, sir. Just now we are going through a period of intellectual revolution, not actual revolution. Okay, sir. So we know that when the British colonialism ended and we somehow adopted the Indian the constitution of British and with little bit of improvements we created Indian constitution and it's very old, even British improved it a lot. So how do you think about redesigning the Indian constitution? No, this constitution has to be scrapped. You can't, re you can't re redesign it. You read my article, uh, Why Celebrate Republic Day When the Constitution Has Become a Scarecrow. That was published in the week.in. So I mentioned the constitution has exhausted itself. It is a spent force now. All our state institutions have become hollow and empty shells, whether it is parliament or judiciary or bureaucracy. And people's distress is growing, unemployment is growing, the malnourishment is growing, child malnourishment is increasing, and farmers' distress, so many farmers are committing suicide and so on. So um, things are heading towards a revolution, but it will take time. Just now, uh, it is the period of the intellectual revolution. So, it means that you are saying that we have to scrap the whole constitution that we have now and completely new constitution should be introduced. Yes, we are, this constitution has, has exhausted itself. It has become meaningless. For example, you know, they, they have given fundamental rights, right, uh, like liberty and freedom of speech and all that. Now, does it mean anything to a person who is hungry, who's unemployed, who's homeless, who's poor, what does freedom of speech mean to such a person? Or what does liberty and equality mean to a person who's hungry and unemployed? He wants a job, he wants food. 
So all these rights are only, you know, just empty platitudes. They mean nothing to 75% of our public. It's all very well to say they are guaranteed rights. But the point is, can the Supreme Court give employment to everybody in the country? There's massive unemployment. It, it can't be done within this system. We have to have a new system where there is rapid industrialization, which creates large number, millions of jobs. Then only the unemployment problem will be solved. And that is not possible within this system. So what's your take on the fact that politicians nowadays knowingly, unknowingly say controversial statements and that somehow get rise to communal rights? See, these politicians, they have no genuine love for the country. They polarize society. They spread caste and communal hatred in order to secure their vote banks. So, (coughs) I have no respect for these politicians. They They have no genuine love for the country. They only want power and money. Uh, and uh, for that, they, uh, they are expert in, in, in spreading hatred, caste and communal hatred. That is their expertise. They, they thrive on this. So therefore, uh, all these present politicians are no good. We have to have some other kind of politicians who are genuinely patriotic and uh, who are selfless, who are modern-minded, who want to take the country rapidly forward. But how will we get those uh, those politicians? I cannot say. But they are bound to appear because nature does not like a vacuum. Presently, there is chaos in the country and chaos cannot continue forever. So some alternative will emerge in which there will be modern-minded, patriotic leaders. How will that come about? Who will be those modern-minded leaders? When will it come about? I cannot say and nobody can say because you cannot be rigid about historical forms. But it is bound to happen because nature does not like a vacuum. Some alternative is bound to emerge because chaos cannot continue forever. Just now we are going through a period of chaos. You must be seeing what is happening all over the country. Lacks of migrant workers, you know, they're on the road, many dying and people starving. Chaotic conditions have set in in the country, and this will continue even after lockdown is lifted. Once you said that 90% people of middle class are unpatriotic, nowadays we see that it's always the debate of nationalist versus anti-nationalist. So how do you take this? Is it a propaganda spreading? Listen, the, the educated people who alone can give guidance to the country, See, the intellectuals are the eyes of society, and without intellectuals, the society is blind. But the problem with today's uh, educated class is that they are utterly selfish and unpatriotic. 90% of the educated people, the young people, they just want cushy jobs. They want to either get into IAS or they want to get into IIT and go to America or uh, become a professor, they are not really interested in serving the people. So I am sorry to say, many people say the youth are the future of the country. But I say, see, what is the youth? How old are you? How old are you? 22, sir. 22. I am 74. But I am a youth because I genuinely feel for the country. 
people of your your age are not youth. They are they are seventy four or seventy five. They are they they just want a cushy job. They are decent. Country can go to hell. Do you think they are bothered? People of your your generation, they just want a cushy job. They want a um, to join the IAS or police IPS or PCS or IIT and go and go to America and. Enjoy a comfortable life. They are not interested in serving the people. How many people of your tell me of your age group are genuinely uh, patriotic? You are most of you are utterly selfish and unpatriotic. So I have very little faith in you. I'm 74, but I'm a man of 25 because mentally I'm like that. I genuinely feel for my country. But sir, then you don't think that somehow the generations older than us. Fail to inspire us to be more patriotic and something like that. Listen, that is true. But the point is, you can't keep on blaming blaming your generation uh, uh, above you. You are not children. You are grown up people now. In your twenties, you have got a head of your own, a mind of your own. You should do thinking. You should think uh, uh, what is the way out for the country. How we can come out of this mess and how we can uh, make India a highly uh, developed country. You people should be thinking on those lines, but you don't do. You are only thinking of how to get a cushy job. What are these intellectuals? You know, just Kanhaiya Kumar of JNU. He was shown to be great, uh, you know, revolutionary leader and all that. But how did he end up by contesting elections from Begu Sarai? He wanted to become member of parliament. That is the end of his uh, revolution. So all these chaps, so-called. Uh, Uh, they call themselves revolutionaries, but they are pseudo-revolutionaries. What are people? Um, you know, many. I'm not saying everyone, but large number of these people in JNU and other universities they claim to be big revolutionaries. Once I went to JNU when I was a Supreme Court judge because I want to borrow. I wanted to borrow books from the JNU library, and I saw in front of the Vice Chancellor's office young boys and girls shouting "Halla bol, Halla bol." हल्ला बोल करने करने से क्रांति आ जाएगी इन लोगों को तो यही आता है हल्ला बोल चिल्लाना कोई सोचते तो है नहीं कि कंट्री के प्रॉब्लम्स का रियल सलूशन क्या है देर नो डीप थिंकिंग एंड इन फैक्ट दे आर देयर टू यू नो वाइल्ड अवे टाइम एंड गेट अ डिग्री एंड देन आफ्टर दैट गेट अ कुशी जॉब ये जो जे स्टूडेंट उडेंट जो है जो अपने को बड़ा क्रांतिकारी मानते हैं ये सब कुछ नहीं कोई क्रांतिकारी नहीं है ये वहां से जे से पास आउट करके अच्छी नौकरी पा जाएंगे कई तो मिनिस्टर हो गई हैं आपकी निर्मला सीतारमन सुना जे एन की हैं और वो कौन थी वृंदा करत जो सीपीएम की लीडर जे की सब ये सब क्रांतिकारी ये सब सब आराम से बैठे हैं ये क्रांति हो गई इन लोगों की तो सर हम बात करते हैं कि इलेक्शन में उन कई सारे ऐसे नेता हैं जिनके ऊपर पेंडिंग केसेस हैं तो क्या दागी नेता को भी यह होना चाहिए कि वो चुनाव लड़े अरे मैंने कहा कि भैया ये पार्लियामेंट्री डेमोक्रेसी ही में ही मुझे कोई फेथ नहीं है क्योंकि पार्लियामेंट्री डेमोक्रेसी रन्स ऑन कास्ट एंड कम्युनल वोट बैंक एंड मोर ओवर इट रिक्वायर्स अ लॉट ऑफ मनी हर एमपी इलेक्शन में करोड़ों रुपये खर्च करना पड़ता है एम के इलेक्शन में भी करोड़ ये सब पैसा कहाँ से आता है अगर आप एम इलेक्शन में पाँच दस करोड़ रुपये खर्च कर रहे हैं क्यों कर रहे हैं क्योंकि अगर आप जीत जाएं तो आप 100 करोड़ बनाएंगे तो इट इज जस्ट लाइक अ बिजनेस इन्वेस्टमेंट आप कर रहे हैं कि पांच दस करोड़ हमने खर्चा किया इलेक्शन में 
तो अगर जीत जाए मेंबर ऑफ पार्लियामेंट हो जाए तो हम सौ करोड़ बनाएंगे ये यही एम है नो एम ऑफ जेनुनली सर्विंग द पीपल तो बताइए ये सिस्टम पार्लियामेंट्री इलेक्शन से तो कंट्री प्रोग्रेस ही नहीं कर पाती एंड मोर ओवर माई यू हैव टू अपील ऑन कास्ट एंड रिलीजियस लाइन्स आपको तो राम मंदिर की बात करनी है अब राम मंदिर बनने से क्या एम्प्लॉयमेंट जनरेट हो जाएगा क्या अनएम्प्लॉयमेंट खत्म हो जाएगा अगर राम मंदिर बन जाए या गोरक्षा हो जाए तो क्या बेरोजगारी खत्म हो जाएगी ये सब बहकावा है बेवकूफ बनाने की बातें हैं और गिमिक्स और गिमिक्स पे चल रहा है कंट्री अब क्या बताए यहाँ सब स्टंट वाली है और कुछ नहीं है who talked about women empowerment you are among the main voices that said that triple talaq is the worst and doing really bad to the muslim ladies but what's your take on the fact that male rights should also be the part in constitution we no one talk about males rights no one talk about laws regarding them listen firstly you must understand that poverty is destructive of all rights and 70 75% people in the country both male and female are poor to garib aadmi ko kya hai right bhai kya freedom of speech aur liberty equality se lena dena usko ye to bas ek wo hai dikhawa hai chal hai so yes i'm in favor of male rights also but what i mean to say is ki women pe jisko kehte hain double operation hota hai एक तो विमेन आर ऑल्सो पार्ट ऑफ ह्यूमैनिटी तो जैसे मेल्स पे ऑपरेशन है वैसे फीमेल्स पे भी ऑपरेशन है तो ये तो पहला ऑपरेशन हुआ फीमेल्स का और दूसरा जो एक्स्ट्रा ऑपरेशन है दैट इज वेरी ऑफन इन फ्यूडल सोसाइटी द मेल्स ऑपरेस द फीमेल्स तो विमेन पे डबल ऑपरेशन हो गया एक तो इंसान होने की वजह से ऑपरेशन है गरीब इंसान और दूसरा सामंती समाज में मर्द औरतों पे जुल्म करते हैं अक्सर तो डबल ऑपरेशन तो विमेन रिक्वायर मोर प्रोटेक्शन दैट इज व्हाई आई हैव एन आर्टिकल ऑन एमेंसिपेशन व्हिच यू कैन रीड ऑन माय ब्लॉग सत्यम ब्रुयात जिसमें हमने ये सारा डिटेल्स में सब समझाया so that is uh, when they talk about women empowerment but somehow they use it to their personal profit any personal profit may not use hona chahiye but what i am saying is there is no doubt ki jo feudal society mein women pe zyada operation hota hai see in in why should be there be equality between men and women because see in in uh, feudal feudal society was based on physical strength jo kheti hoti it was agricultural society samanti samaj krishak samaj hota tha aur wo bhi farming hoti thi by uh, not with tractors and harvester but with hal uh, se kheti hoti thi to hal se kheti mein bada physical effort chahiye hota to usme बिकॉज मेन आर नॉर्मली फिजिकली स्ट्रॉगर देन वेमेन एक तो ये वजह से तो मेन आउटडोर वर्क खेती का करते थे जो जुताई का काम टिलिंग द लैंड करते थे हल से 
women used to do the indoor work of um, you know having children looking after children and washing clothes cooking food cleaning the house and indoor chores acha dusri cheez hai ki pehle kya hota tha ki pehle modern contraceptives nahi hote the dekhiye pehle samanti samaj mein har aurat ke 15 20 bacche hote the kyunki contraceptives hote nahi the to उसमें पंद्रह बीस में से ज्यादातर मर जाते थे क्योंकि मॉडर्न मेडिकल साइंस नहीं थी तो जरा जरा कुछ इन्फेक्शन से बच्चे मर जाते थे हार्डली फोर और फाइव सर्वाइव आउट ऑफ फिफ्टीन ट्वेंटी विच एवरी वुमन यूज टू हैव चाइल्ड बर्थ में बहुत मर जाते थे तो इस वजह से वीमेन व इनकेपेसिटेटेड फॉर लॉन्ग पीरियड्स ड्यू टू प्रेगनेंसी आप समझ रहे मैं क्या कह रहा हूँ फार्मिंग physical effort and to men used to do outdoor chores outdoor work and women used to do indoor chores industrial society mein position bilkul badal gayi hai kyunki industrial society does not depend on physical labor ek computer to chalane ke liye aapko koi physical labor nahi chahiye ek button ko dabaiye computer chal jayega to ek aurat bhi kar sakti hai and women can keep working on computer even till advanced stages of pregnancy so and therefore ab acha iq tests have shown that women have the same iq as an as men average woman has the same intelligence quotient as an average man to jab intelligence auraton ki barabar hai with men and when industrial society is based on intelligence on mental um, skills and women have the same as that of men therefore it logically follows that women should have equality with men that is the reason now women should be given equality but fact hai ki abhi bhi remnants of feudalism reh gaye hain to women ko aksar oppress kiya jata hai so that is why i am in favor of women's emancipation sir if i am not wrong in 1967 you topped your law exams so i want to ask you what is your advice to the people who are currently aspiring to be a judge or a lawyer and practicing and preparing for the exams of law all i can say is work hard that's all i can say so what do you think that to be a judge with a great very curious and right mind to take the decisions what is the main characteristic one individual should have have you read my article and an ideal judge kazi uh, sirajuddin i put a post on that on facebook ki uh, upright judge i have said that is my concept of an upright judge and then i have also put up another post uh, uh, how uh, how to be a true judge which was published in nayador.tv that website so uh, a good judge has to be upright has to be learned he must know the law i'm said you see but earlier the british high court judges were appointed on the recommendation of the lord chancellor ab to position badal gayi hai england mein 
पहले लॉन्ग टाइम हाईकोर्ट जजेज इन इंग्लैंड वो अपॉइंटेड ऑन द रिकमेंडेशन ऑफ द लॉर्ड चांसलर तो समबडी आज द लॉर्ड चांसलर ऑफ दैट टाइम वॉट विल हैपन इफ यू नहीं वॉट इज योर क्राइटीरिया on the basis of which you make uh, recommendation for judgeship of the high court lord chancellor said that he should be a gentleman and it would, it would do no harm if he knows a bit of law which means the main quality of a judge should be that he should be upright law to dekhi if you put in 20 years as a lawyer you are bound to learn some law you will know basic principles of law but after that it is uh, Uh, most important quality of a judge is being upright which means you should decide on the merits of the case in a fair manner without being biased without being tempted you know many judges they succumb to temptation or pressure which is wrong so uh, this is the quality of a good judge what do you do to keep yourself free and energized and no i i am deeply concerned about the state of affairs of, of my country and therefore i uh, from time to time write facebook posts and and um, articles which i send to various publications uh, about my ideas how my country can move forward uh, so i am making as i said you know we are passing through a stage of cultural revolution not actual revolution so in this stage ideas are very important so i am contributing in this cultural struggle my aim is to transform india from an underdeveloped country to a highly developed country our target must be to make india from a poor country to a highly industrialized and prosperous country and that is where i am contributing and sir if i am not wrong you are the current chief of india reunification association that's right yes sir so you always talked about akhand bharat can you please simplify that for us and how we can achieve that see i am not in favor of the akhand bharat of the rss variety where there is hindu domination i don't want anybody to dominate but the fact is that uh, this partition was a historical british swindle this two nation theory was bogus and uh, the main purpose of the british in, in uh, dividing india was to ensure that india does not become a modern industrial giant like china because then with our cheap labor we will undersell the products of western industries you see cost of labor is a big chunk of the total cost of production and if the cost of labor is less then the cost of production is less and if the cost of production is less you can sell your goods at a cheaper price and undersell your business rival there is competition in the market one businessman eliminates another businessman not with bombs or tanks or guns but by underselling him so uh, china had a revolution in 1949 after that their leaders built up a massive industrial base that massive industrial base in china coupled with the cheap labor available in china enabled the chinese to undersell the whole world in consumer goods if you go to western supermarkets you will find they them packed with chinese goods because chinese sell their goods at half the price at which the western manufacturers sell because the western labor is expensive you see once you build up a massive industrial base then everything turns on the cost of labor whoever has cheaper labor has a distinct advantage now we our labor is even cheaper than chinese labor 
if we become a, a build up a massive industrial base then we will even undersell the chinese then who how who will buy the goods of the developed countries so an unwritten rule in developed countries unwritten rule is that india must not be allowed to become a modern industrial giant because if it does then we will sell our goods at one third the price at which the developed countries are selling so their industry will close down who will buy their goods so how do they do this they ensure that india does not become a modern industrial giant by making indians fight each other in the name of religion and caste and language that is why they created pakistan pakistan is a fake and artificial country it is no country it is actually part of india see what is pakistan pakistan is punjab and sindh and baluchistan all this was part of india from mughal times and we share the same culture um, when i meet pakistanis i feel no different from them we talk in hindustani hindustani mein baat karte hain dekhne mein ek dusre jaise hain culture ek hai we are actually one nation to ye to hum log ko bewakoof bana diya gaya pakistan to farzi mulk hai and it is bound to reunite to isliye hum log ne association banaya hai indian reunification association aur uska website hai indian reunification association dot weebly dot com तो वी हैव प्लांटेड अ सीड देखिए हम जान, जानते हैं कि आज नहीं रियूनिफिकेशन होगा रियूनिफिकेशन होने में 10-15 साल लगेगा मगर हमने बीज बो दिया तो, क्योंकि जो बीज आज बोएंगे तो वो आगे चल के पेड़ बनेगा 10-15 साल लगेगा उसको बड़ा होने में तब फल देगा मगर अगर आपने आज बीज नहीं बोया तो आपको दस पंद्रह साल के बाद भी फल नहीं मिलेगा तो हम लोगों ने बीज बो दिया है ये जो एसोसिएशन बनाया है मैं इसका चेयरमैन हूँ और एक वन जेंटलमैन ही इज ऑफ इंडियन ओरिजिन बट ही वॉज बॉर्न एंड ग्रो अप इन यूएसए यूएस सिटीजन है योन्ना लखनवी तो वो ओहायो में रहते हैं यंग मैन थर्टी ईयर्स के डॉक्टर हैं मेडिकल डॉक्टर तो ही इज द वाइस चेयरमैन और काफी हम लोग का एंड वी आर बाउंड टू ग्रो क्योंकि वी रिप्रेजेंट द ट्रूथ देखिए सत्य में बड़ी शक्ति होती है अगर मेरी बात सही है कि पाकिस्तान फर्जी मुल्क है आज आप मेरी बात ना माने कल ना माने मगर परसों जरूर मानेंगे क्यों एक न एक दिन सत्य में जैसे सत्य जीतेगा जैसे कोपरनिकस ने 1547 में कहा था कि इट इज द अर्थ विच गोज अराउंड द सन नॉट द सन विच गोज अराउंड द अर्थ उसके फिफ्टीन के पहले लोगों को मानना था कि द सन गोज अराउंड द अर्थ जो बाइबल में लिखा था कोपरनिकस जो साइंटिस्ट थे उन्होंने प्रूव किया कि नहीं इट इज द अर्थ विच गोज अराउंड द सन उनकी बात सौ साल तक नहीं मानी गई बल्कि बड़ी खतरा था उनकी उनकी बात को प्रोपोगेट गैलियो ने किया तो ही वॉज ऑलमोस्ट बर्न एट द स्टेट ये रिकेंटेड तब जान बची मगर क्योंकि बात सही थी वो अल्टीमेटली सब ने एक्सेप्ट करी आज सब जानते मानते हैं कि अर्थ गोज अराउंड द सन तो कहने का मतलब कि सत्य में बड़ी शक्ति होती है और जो मैं बात कह रहा हूं अगर सच है आज आप उनकी बात ना माने कल ना माने परसों मेरी बात जरूर मानेंगे सर यू डिड सो मच फॉर द सोसाइटी सो नाउ इट मे साउंड फिलोसफिकल इट मे साउंड सम शॉर्ट ऑफ बॉलीवुड टू यू बट आई वॉन्ट टू आस्क यू दैट हाउ डू यू वॉन्ट टाइम टू रिमेम्बर यू वॉट लर्निंग वॉट एडवाइस ऑफ योर यू वॉन्ट टाइम द अपकमिंग जनरेशन टू रिमेम्बर I I don't want anybody to remember me. I am not doing all this uh, so that people will remember me. I am doing all this as my duty 
as an indian it is my duty to help my country because uh, i have that knowledge which uh, will help the country move forward which very few people have so i am not i am not a popularity seeker i don't want anybody's vote i don't contest elections i am least interested whether you remember me or forget me what i am interested is that my country should become prosperous but that is all i want i don't want anything for myself sir थोड़ा जो लीक है जो हमारा इंटरव्यू अभी तक जा रहा था उससे इतर हटके अब मैं चाहूंगा ये सवाल आपसे हिंदी में पूछना क्योंकि मैं आपके बारे में जब पढ़ रहा था और मैंने देखा कि आप शुरू से इस बात के पक्षधार रहे कि कैसे संस्कृत और उर्दू की तहजीब भारत में है कैसे उर्दू कह दी जाती है कि सिर्फ ये मुसलमानों की बाजा है जबकि इसका पूरा का पूरा जन्म गंगा जमुनी तहजीब को समर्पित है तो मैं चाहता हूँ कि आप अभी इस बात पे बताए कि हिंदी उर्दू और संस्कृत को क्या मायने आपके जिंदगी में रहे आपने कितनी किताबें पढ़ी हैं आपका पोइट्री में बहुत रहा है और आप इस आंसर की शुरुआत अपनी एक फेवरेट पोइट्री से करें प्लीज देखिए आप दो मेरे लेख पढ़िए एक का नाम है संस्कृत एज ए लैंग्वेज ऑफ साइंस आप लिख लीजिए ये ऑनलाइन मिल जाएगा गूगल में संस्कृत एज ए लैंग्वेज ऑफ साइंस
में हम लोग की हमारे बाप दादा सब उर्दू में लिखते पढ़ते थे चाहे हिंदू चाहे सिख चाहे मुस्लिम उर्दू सबकी भाषा थी ये तो हम लोग को हिंदू मुसलमानों को लड़वाने के लिए ये एक आर्टिफिशियल लैंग्वेज क्रिएट करी गई और कैसे किया गया कि जान मुझे जो देखिए बोलचाल की भाषा में फारसी लफ्ज आ गए हैं फारसी अरबी उससे आपकी भाषा और शक्तिशाली हुई है ये गलत फहमी है कि अगर कोई विदेशी भाषा के शब्द आपकी भाषा में आ जाएं तो आपकी भाषा कमजोर हो जाएगी नहीं वास्तव देखिए अंग्रेजी में इतने सारे भाषाओं के शब्द आए हैं इंग्लिश लैंग्वेज में फ्रेंच और जर्मन तो आए हैं अरेबिक वर्ड आए हैं पर्जन वर्ड आए हैं हिंदुस्तानी वर्ड आए बाजार और बिरयानी ये सब आपको डिक्शनरी में मिल जाएंगे तो इससे अंग्रेजी और शक्तिशाली हुई है तो फॉरेन वर्ड्स जो बोलचाल की भाषा में आ जाते हैं उससे आपकी भाषा और शक्तिशाली होती है कमजोर नहीं होती है मगर क्या किया गया कि उन्नीस के बाद जो हिंदी फेनेटिक्स थे उन्होंने चुन चुन के जो शब्द बोलचाल की भाषा में आ गए थे फारसी अरबी के उनको कोशिश की गई हटाने की अब जैसे जिला शब्द जिला सब जानते हैं डिस्ट्रिक्ट उसको हटा के जनपद किया गया क्यों किया गया भैया जिला सब जानते हैं मैं एक बार हाई कोर्ट में जज था अलाहाबाद में मेरे सामने एक वकील साहब आए जो हिंदी में ही बहस करते थे उन्होंने एक पटिशन फाइल करी मेरे सामने जिस पे लिखा था प्रतिभू आवेदन पत्र तो मैंने उनसे पूछा कि ये प्रतिभू क्या होता बोले प्रतिभू मीन्स बेल तो मैंने कहा बेल को बेल कहो या जमानत कहो सब पूरे हिंदुस्तान में सब जान बेल समझते हैं जमानत समझते हैं प्रतिभू कोई नहीं समझता है मगर आपको नफरत है फारसी शब्दों से हालांकि वो बोलचाल की भाषा में आ गए हैं आम आप उनको हटाना चाहते हैं तो एक हिंदी बनाई गई भाषा जिसमें फारसी अरबी के लफ्जों को हटा हटा के चुन चुन के क्योंकि नफरत है आपको उनसे और आपने उनकी जगह पे कोई संस्कृत वर्ड बिल्कुल आर्टिफिशियली क्रिएट करके रख दिया इससे हिंदी बनाई गई जो लोग समझ ही नहीं पाते हैं क्या है अक्सर जो हमारे मैं हाईकोर्ट में जज था अलाहाबाद में अक्सर जो गवर्नमेंट नोटिफिकेशन पेश किए जाते थे हमारे सामने उनका मतलब समझना बड़ा कठिन था तो ऐसी ऐसी भाषा इस्तेमाल भाई ऑर्डनरी लैंग्वेज जो बोलचाल की भाषा उसको इस्तेमाल करने में क्या दिक्कत है तो लिहाजा ये जानबूझ के जो डिवाइड एंड रूल पॉलिसी का ही हिस्सा था कि हिंदू मुसलमानों को लड़वाना है तो ये प्रचार किया गया कि हिंदी भाषा हिंदुओं की उर्दू भाषा मुसलमानों की जो बिल्कुल गलत प्रचार था just four questions this this will be a rapid fire and i want you to answer them very candidly very spottingly and if you want that any question is not uh, very appropriate and you don't want to answer it you are free to do that also so can i start then yes please uh, sir the first question is advice to a 18 year old self advice to a 18 year old markande kadju if you ever get an opportunity to go back in time and advise your 18 year old self what will you advise to you um, that's a very difficult question to answer because you know my life is uh, past now what can i advise uh, i i entered into the legal profession i worked hard as a lawyer i became a high court judge so 
any 18 year old all i can advise him work hard in whichever profession you go into build a career for your, yourself uh, see first of all uh, young people they should um, build a career for themselves because they should stop being a burden on their parents bhai aapke maa baap aapki school ki fees aur aapka tuition fees sab bharte hain badi khud mehnat karke kama kama ke aapko support karte hain तो एक स्टेज आती है लाइफ में जब आपको अपने पैर पे खड़ा होना चाहिए और माँ बाप पे अब डिपेंडेंट नहीं होना चाहिए स्टॉप बीइंग अ बर्डन ऑन योर पेरेंट्स एंड फॉर दैट यू हैव टू वर्क हार्ड एंड बिल्ड अप अ करियर यही मेरी राय है कि 18 साल के लड़कों को बिकम रिस्पॉन्सिबल एंड रियलाइज दैट यू मस्ट नॉट बी अ बर्डन फॉर ऑन योर पेरेंट्स आफ्टर ऑल आपके पेरेंट्स भी दे आर बिकमिंग ओल्ड They cannot keep supporting you forever. It, support Very valuable advice, sir. Uh, before asking the second question, I want to quote Mr. Kalam. He always said that we see people and their success, but I think we should look to their failures and learn from them. So I want to ask you, sir, what's the biggest regret of your life? Biggest regret of my life is that I have not been able to help my country as much as I um, should have or could have. My only one point mission in life is how to help my country to get transformed from an underdeveloped country to a highly developed and highly industrialized country and highly prosperous country. That is my mission in life. So my regret is I have not been able to do that as much as I should have. So the next question is: I want you to answer it sportingly and in a very fun way. Uh, were you ever been in love? <laughs> See, now that's an old. Everybody has been in love at one time. It's natural. And now I'm 74 years of age. So yes, I was in love, but that age has passed. So how do you define it then? Now What's my the love feeling? is my country. See, uh, love can be of different type. For example, in Urdu, there's a word called ishq. Ishq. Now, ishq should not be interpreted to mean physical love. Ishq means uh, love for some ideal. You can have love for your country. Uh, ishq for some noble ideal. उस सेंस में दिया जाता है इश्क इश्क जो लव्स है उर्दू में उसका मतलब सिर्फ फिजिकल लव फॉर वुमन नहीं होता है इट इज लव फॉर एन आइडियल सम पैशन फॉर सम Uh, ideal for which you are prepared to make sacrifices. See, so in that sense, me, I, I am in love with my country. I want to do help my country. Yeah, sir. So uh, the last question then, sir. Top three book recommendations by you. Top three book recommendation. Well, um, it's difficult to answer that question because there I've read hundreds and hundreds of books. I can't. Specify which uh, book it depends. I mean, are are you asking books of literature or uh, any sort of recommendation that you think the current generation will be inspired by that? See, it's Probably. it's not possible to answer that question because uh, see, as I said, the aim of the country is uh, of the nation must be to transform India from an underdeveloped country to a highly uh, industrialized and prosperous country. so everything must serve that aim and books must also serve that aim any books which help uh, um, uh, spread 
rationalism and modernization are books you should read sir as you were born in lucknow and quite inspired by i think the tehzeeb factor and the culture factor how was your relationship with the city the lucknow lucknow is a great city but i spent most of my life in allahabad i was born in lucknow and uh, i used to go there often when i was a lawyer to argue cases in the lucknow bench because allahabad high court has a bench in lucknow also and as a judge also i used to sometimes sit in the lucknow bench so i used to go often to lucknow but i am not as familiar with lucknow as i am with allahabad my hometown is allahabad where i was i grew up and i was educated in boys high school allahabad and then allahabad university and then i was a lawyer in the high court so i am basically an allahabad man only incidentally lucknow man okay sir so sir uh, officially that's the end of the interview thank you for being in the conversation it's really a privilege and honor for me to interview you uh, i got learnings about what's real patriotism what's real desh prem and it inspires a lot thank you so much sir thank you so much so guys this is the end of the first episode a candid mr markandikaju on the omvish show stay tuned for many others